Wedgwood Christian Services is a place where hope and healing meet. Join me, Hillary Kirkendall, Wedgwood's Marketing and Communications Coordinator, as I sit down for conversations with the amazing people who work at, learn from, and grow through our grace-filled residential care, counseling services, and community programs. Grab your cup of coffee or tea and enjoy experts sharing their insights on the challenges people are facing and stories of hope, healing, and transformation. These are Wedgwood's Coffee Break Conversations. Launched in 2015, Wedgwood's Autism Center for Child Development, or ACCD, is truly transforming lives. Through individualized center-based therapies, the team at Wedgwood's ACCD works with young children with autism spectrum disorders, helping them develop crucial skills. In today's episode, Kylie and Jen, two people a part of Wedgwood's ACCD team, join us to talk about the impact their work has on kids and their families and how services are expanding. Today we are joined by not one, but two of the incredible people who work at Wedgwood's Autism Center for Child Development, Jen and Kylie. Thank you both so much for being here. You are welcome. All right, so you work at Wedgwood's Autism Center for Child Development, or we often call it the ACCD. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you do there, and how long have you been a part of the team? Um, so I'm Kylie Scott. I have been at the ACCD for five and a half years now, so a long time. Um, and my position is the clinical supervisor of after-school and early intensive behavioral intervention, so EIBI, um, as I'll probably use throughout the rest of the conversation. Um, and then essentially what I do in my position is I help oversee the BCBAs with Dr. Lake um, and just to ensure that all the clinical tasks are getting completed that need to be done for our clients. So Great. I know. I'm Jen Ruffin. I am the clinical supervisor of training and transition programs. Uh, I oversee the training of all staff and then our additional programs, so our after-school stuff, our expansion. I kind of help Dr. Lake with all that. I've been here seven years, a little over seven years. Great. Yes. You guys have a I lot know. to do. <laughs> I said I know. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, definitely. Um, so can you give us an overview of what happens at Wedgwood's Autism Center? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so essentially what the service we're providing is um, ABA therapy for clients between the ages of 18 months in 12 years. Um, And so that is individualized therapy and it's one-to-one with our behavior technicians. Yeah, we work on, oh gosh, anything from daily living skills, communication. Communication's a big one. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then social skills, obviously. And it's just a fun day filled with lots of activity, lots of moving, and lots of therapy. Yeah, and across both programs, we do a lot of collaboration and um, really focus on skills, help our clients be more successful, like out in the community settings, lesser restrictive settings. Um, so we collaborate with like doctors, dentists, school teachers mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, <laughs> um, speech, OT. Yeah. Yeah, the little kids get well-rounded. Mm-hmm. To try to just help kind of ease those transitions into those other settings, just because sometimes the skills going into those settings are a little more challenging for our clients. Um, and so we just want to make it a little bit easier for them to go into all of those different areas. Great. So you touched on this a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're working on things like communication and social skills. Um, what do treatment goals in those areas look like and how um, do you work with kids to accomplish those sorts of goals? Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Kay. Yeah. So as far as communication, um, 
the programming for communication, I mean, is going to look different for each client Mm -hmm. and depending on their age, their skill level. So um, essentially our BCBAs go in and they do assessments um, to check out where the kiddos are at as far as the skill level for communication and social skills. And then they'll develop programming based on that assessment um, and make sure that that treatment is individualized per each client. Um, And so depending on where the client's at, really makes a difference in what type of program they're working on specifically. So so when we're talking about working towards communication skills, um, is that always like learning how to speak or are there other things that you're working on too? So we're really looking at both expressive and receptive language. Okay. So essentially that could come in the form of vocal communication. It could be our clients using picture exchange, so mm-hmm. PECs. Um, using speech devices, um, mm-hmm. so speech sign. generative devices, sign yeah. language. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of really try to navigate where the client is going with their communication sure. and see what's going to work best for them. Mm-hmm. Um, because we may start out with one mode of communication and trying to use that, and it may not be successful. So we're really trying to follow where the client goes with trying mm-hmm. to communicate with us and their families um, and people out in the community. So Great. So why are the services that you and your team at the ACCD provide so important? A big part is that the kids come out, they're, you know, born, they come into the world, and then their skills that they learn along the way are just a little different than Mm -hmm. some of the other kids, you know, might have or might see. And then their families, of course, if they've never had experience with that, then it's just a huge thing. Mm -hmm. And they have to find ways to get help and early intervention and things like that. It's more well-known now, but it's still something a parent has to find, mm-hmm. find a place, get testing, get diagnosed, get into a center, and kind of get to this whole point where then the kid can start therapy. So then they're like two, and then they kind of get in, and they get all the skills they need until they're ready to leave, or they transition to school, uh, and basically they have two paths if they get therapy or if they don't have therapy. And when they get therapy, research has shown that they have better outcomes moving forward, and We all know when kids go into school, it's a lot harder because they're in a big classroom. They're not Mm one-to-one. They're surrounded by peers, and they might already be behind. And then you have to learn all the skills you have to learn in school. And there are a lot now. Kindergarten is totally different than it was back then Mm -hmm. because my son's in kindergarten, so I know what they're going into. And so, I mean, us being able to provide that therapy for them in the community uh, can, I don't, can only help, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Help them be more successful and more comfortable, I think, is just a big thing for our kiddos. Mm-hmm. It is, it, their difference in their behaviors, I mean, it's mm-hmm. something that we're constantly analyzing and looking at and making sure they really are truly comfortable and demonstrating these positive behaviors going out into those different settings. Yeah, and I can imagine if communication is one of the main things that you're working with with a lot of kids, Mm -hmm. if they're having trouble communicating just with their families, I can't Mm -hmm. imagine how hard learning would then be in school if they can't communicate. So getting that skill taught before they go to school really makes an impact in their education, I imagine. Yeah, definitely. You know how parents understand more than the community, so they might think and hear things. And then they transition and they're with us or they go to school and they're like, no, we have no idea what they're saying. So then you get a real picture. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, it makes a huge difference because if you can't communicate, then there's a lot of other behaviors that might sometimes follow Mm -hmm. that also cause problems along the way. So Mm -hmm. it really helps get 
everyone prepared. Yeah. Sets them mm-hmm. on the road for success. Yes. Uh, so you mentioned in your title you work in an after-school program, which is something that we've recently launched, which is super exciting. Um, how is this different from our other services at the Autism Center, and why are they so needed right now? So as far as for the after-school program, um, so we're go back to our early intervention first. So in our early intervention, we're seeing clients from that 18 months to six years. And Mm -hmm. then the after-school program is really focused on those clients who are already attending school. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, so it's going to be that age group of that six to 12. Um, And so the reasoning for why this is so important, there are so many kiddos in need of after-school services or more like focus-based services, so a lower level Um, where they can be in school and ABA therapy at the same time. Um, And sometimes, you know, that can be challenging with hours and all of that. But basically, when kiddos move out of our EIBI program, it doesn't necessarily mean that they don't need services after age six. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, essentially, we're working on similar programs, I mean, just because... They're going in that age six, but a lot to make them and help them be more successful in that school setting mm-hmm. um, and still continuing to work on those goals and objectives out in the community, too, mm-hmm. um, and focusing on, like, safety. Um, again, continuing communication. Mm-hmm. Social skills might look a little bit different um, just because now hopefully we can kind of go in the school and mm-hmm. start helping um, in the school, too, and collaborating with the teacher on those social skills in that setting too, not just in our center-based setting. And then also working a lot with the families still in the after-school program. Um, So again, continuing to have parent meetings. But overall, I feel like one of the big things, and Jen can say more about this as far as like the development of the program, um, was just because there's a need Mm -hmm. (laughs) for that area. There are a lot of early intervention centers, um, but not a lot of center-based services as far as for after school. Yeah, it's hard. And it's hard to, um, it's just a hard time frame because parents, you know, it's dinner time. You pick your kid up. Your kid Mm -hmm. goes half-day therapy, half-day school, and so that can get tricky. But yeah, we've been trying for a long time, a few years, to really bridged the gap Dr. Lake always says it and I said it to her between the early intervention and then school Mm -hmm. uh, so that there's not a like hard cutoff sometimes for our kids Uh, sometimes it's like okay you've been with us for four years now you're six and you have to go to school and we can do a slow transition but it's still going to be you're fading really quickly and then you're off to school and there's Mm -hmm. just nothing there or they might do that and want therapy, but they have to be on like a six month wait list for an in-home service. There's just a lot of kids that need that between the ages of six and mm-hmm. honestly six and like 18. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or all the way up to like mm-hmm. 21, 24, whatever it is now. So we've always wanted to bridge that gap so that the kids that are in our center already have somewhere to go. And we don't mm-hmm. cut them off because we've worked so hard and we hired, yeah. we have two awesome after school BCBAs actually now. So that's really exciting. And then we also wanted to offer that to families that called their own referrals to say, hey, we do see kids that age Mm because we get a lot of calls about that too. Mm -hmm. So just making it Mm -hmm. well-rounded and a well-rounded program Mm -hmm. for us is really important. So Yeah, well, that transition to school, I imagine, especially for this this group of kids, Mm -hmm. is pretty tricky. And so to have some additional supports as they're getting used to school and learning how they Mm – need to learn 
um, is really yeah. important. And I love that you guys provide support for the families too. I think that's so mm-hmm. cool and yeah. probably so important too for the overall success of the therapy. Yeah, and when families come in and they don't know and they're unsure and then they go through therapy with you for, like I said, like four years and then they have to go to school, it's really hard sometimes So when they have us there still to kind of consult and know mm-hmm. what their kid has been through. That calms them, makes them very calm. Uh, and then in school, I mean, it varies. You might have a kid go into school and get supports. You might have kids that go into specific classrooms, or you might have kids that go in and they don't meet requirements for any supports, but we know they're still in need of therapy. And, you know, just because they might be really quiet and sit there and the teacher's like, they're so great. It's like, yes, but they are not social at all, but it's hard to see. So helping them go into it gives us a little more time. So yeah, I love it. It's working so far. So great. We're good. We started. We're on our way. Uh, So what sort of impact are you seeing on kids and their families as they participate in services at ACCD, especially in this new after-school program? Um, I would say one of the big things, I mean, just across both programs to start, um, you just see a change in kind of the family's overall behavior, too. You know, families come in, and like Jen said, I mean, the process of just getting into services can be mm-hmm. really stressful and difficult for families, um, and we've had a lot of families that mentioned that. And then when they get into services, you know, they don't know what to anticipate, especially if they have no background in ABA and um, the therapy and all of that. And so I think just over time, getting to know what ABA therapy is, getting to see, you know, these changes in behaviors with their kiddos and then this increase in skills and you know this decrease in more challenging behavior that's kind of created barriers um, to be in these lesser restrictive settings I think just overall that level of kind of like happiness or like stress Mm -hmm. level definitely changes Um, and that is one thing we actually kind of look at and something we ask our families to fill out is a parenting stress index um, to try to help measure that and see if we're successful in helping the family as well as, mm-hmm. you know, our, our client directly. So um, that's something that's super important to us, and we want to keep doing and making sure that, you know, you're seeing those challenges change across the families. Um, and so that goes right into the after-school program, too. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing, we're still using those same assessments to help measure that and check in with families. Um, and I think it really does help like Jen said, with school, <laughs> that mm-hmm. transition. Because yeah. mm-hmm. um, I know just previously when I had like full caseload and everything for this position, um, that was something that parents mentioned to me a lot was that going into school, transitioning to a new provider on top of it was really mm-hmm. difficult for them just because <laughs> you're yeah, transitioning to lot. two different people, yeah. new settings, and, and it was also a challenge for the kiddo too mm-hmm. um, to have those transitions and so I think overall we definitely do see a huge impact on the entire family and our kiddos mm-hmm. um, when we're providing this therapy so. yeah no yeah I was gonna say the same thing and the confidence yeah mm-hmm. the confidence, confidence in awesome. families to advocate for their kid and confidence mm-hmm. in okay my kid will have a job one day and yeah. will have friends so the confidence in them and the confidence in the kids mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. any kid whether they're in after school or the early intervention if they come in like you said without communication skills they're very limited and then you help them learn those skills you just start to see their interests 
they're what makes them happy. Yeah. You kind of start to see them being able to live who they are. Oh, and so beautiful. that confidence, mm-hmm. oh, that one's fun. Yeah. yeah. That's really that awesome. I know. And kids start advocating for uh-huh. themselves, yep. which is so cool. Yeah. Um, and then kind of those, you know, big success stories going out into the community, I think, mm-hmm. are yeah. the day-to-day ones that, you know, mm-hmm. you that you hear a lot from the family is, like, my kids slept in their room. <laughs> yeah. Um, little you know, and then, uh-huh. and then yeah. you know, going into the dentist, they sat through a whole procedure. This is, yes. mm-hmm. you know, yeah. so cool. Um, they walked into a doctor's office, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just kind of those things yeah. where, and you see a difference in the kiddo's behavior, which is really awesome, where it's like, yeah, I'm cool with walking into the doctor's office, mm-hmm. and yeah, I can do this. I can sit in this dentist chair yeah. and, you know, tolerate having these different mm-hmm. tools in my mouth. Um, so, yeah, trying to hit on it perfectly. I think that's all around that confidence and success mm-hmm. um, with the clients is cool. Super yeah, awesome. That was mm-hmm. fun. How do you see God moving at Wedgwood and at the Autism Center? Um, I would say, I mean, definitely across, you know, the success we do have with our clients and I would say just in kind of the overall energy <laughs> at the mm-hmm. center yeah. um, when you walk in and we do tours um, for families. It's just our staff are happy to be there and they love what they do. They love what they do with our clients. Um, and I think that makes a huge difference in treatment because they're mm-hmm. having fun <laughs> and mm-hmm. the kids are having fun. Um, and, you know, families get to see that. Others who come in our center and do interviews, you know, mm-hmm. to be staff get to see that. Um, and so I think, you know, God's presence is definitely there um, and kind of helping us provide best treatment. Um, and you see that just through our actions in mm-hmm. the whole center. So, mm-hmm. yeah, same, same. Yeah. Our, I was talking to staff the other day and they were tired, you know, because we all get tired. Yeah. It's end of winter time. And they were talking like, but I still love it. I still love working with this kid it's so fun and I think that's a great example because families come in and they see that love and they see that support and they see that we enjoy being with their kid mm-hmm. and they're just like thank god somebody likes my kid and we're like yes why wouldn't we like your kid yeah. but they've had experiences you know yeah. and they feel that pressure and they feel out in the world at the grocery store if their kid wants candy bar and doesn't you know it might be in a little extreme response <laughs> and you know people stare and all of that stuff so mm-hmm. when they just say somebody likes my kid and there you go so we can make families feel that way and we can make the kids feel that way that they are loved and special I mean mm-hmm. I don't know that's pretty I think that's it yeah <laughs> right there that's awesome Um, So April is Autism Awareness and Acceptance Month. Um, What does our community need to know about autism, Wedgwood, and the work that you and your team do? I think one thing, and Jen just kind of mentioned this, is just kind of awareness in the community that, you know, there are people of different disabilities, and it may not be evident, you know, when someone does have a disability or, you know, has autism specifically. And so just make sure you're compassionate Um, In those situations when you do see people, any people out in the community that are having challenges with their own child, um, because that's a big thing that parents mention to us and can be really hard for them. So offer a hand, (laughs) you know, be supportive and helpful, um, but not judgmental um, in those situations. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big thing, just kind of community-based. As far as for just knowing about our services, um, I mean, know we're here to mm-hmm. get in contact with and 
we love what we do here at Wedgwood and the ACCD, mm-hmm. and we want to provide best treatment and, you know, really individualized programming mm-hmm. and services. Um, and we really look for that in our staff, too, when we're doing hiring and yeah. bringing people in. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. I mean, good job, guys. In thinking when you were talking about the kid, you know, a success like walking into mm-hmm. a doctor's office on their own, yeah. like to someone who is also walking into the doctor's office, it would not look like any yeah. big thing. So you yeah. just never know what is a success and you what don't. is a normal day for someone. No, and you don't know how nervous that parent might be yeah. because right. they were told, try it this one time because yeah. we think they're ready. And you don't know how nervous they are. And you don't know how many times they've probably tried or that they go in and then they leave and they cry because they're like, we did it. And so it can be really challenging, Mm -hmm. especially Mm -hmm. doctor stuff, because if your kid has any injury or like a stomachache, toothache, anything like that, and you can't help them and then they can't also have Mm -hmm. trouble going into the doctor, that's stressful. Mm -hmm. You know, parents sleeping through the night is nice. (laughs) So that's a big one. You don't know how tired these families are. You don't know how many times they've tried to go to the children's museum with their family and all the Mm -hmm. siblings together and, you know, how that's gone. Mm -hmm. And so when they walk in for the first time and they actually can be there as a family or go on vacations. So, yeah, just be aware, be helpful. Mm -hmm. Give a lot of grace. And, yeah, give grace. Mm -hmm. And see a child for a child. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and if I'm remembering correctly, you know, talking about getting connected to services, the team mm-hmm. at the Autism Center will help families kind of start that process and direct them to how they can get testing and kind of lay out what the process looks like. Correct? Yeah, yep. we have. That's amazing. Yeah, we have awesome program coordinator, program assistant. Yes. That's probably not her accurate title. She's fantastic. <laughs> she's going to say that later. <laughs> Either way, um, she's going to yes. Any of our BCBAs, uh, they will help tell families where to go for testing, how to get started. They will talk to them as long as they need. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had someone recently come in, Jeanette, yeah. and Kylie can talk more about it, but she did some research and got surveys and did all these things on mm-hmm. what families need for supports. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so she finished that. And that gave us a lot of resources. That's yeah, not just for ton. ABA, yeah. right? Hers was Yeah, it's just additional supports um, mm-hmm. to awesome. kind of help families yeah. with children with autism. Um, so different community supports, so mm-hmm. different aspects, like financially, um, looking at dentist's office, doctor's office, um Mm-hmm. Going out to like fun activities, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Activities like the, in the community movie nights, and mm-hmm. they have like sensory, but they have a lot yeah. of stuff out there that yeah. you wouldn't know about. Yeah, and that's awesome. Transportation, mm-hmm. diapers, yeah, yeah, all kinds of stuff that she put together for us. So now we can bring that mm-hmm. to our families, and that's great. Really yeah, cool. Yeah, so, so we I'll, will. We help them. I'll be sure to put the contact information for the Autism Center in the episode description. So if people have questions about, basically, it sounds like anything autism related, you guys (laughs) should be able to set them in the right direction. Or we'll send them somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) That's so great. Help. And if they don't, we just say, call us back. (laughs) And then then we'll make sure. We'll find somewhere else. So, yes, definitely do that. It sounds like it's kind of already a um, daunting process when you have a child with autism. So... I'm glad that Wedgwood is able to help families, regardless of if they're yeah. in our services or not. Yeah, it definitely, definitely can be. There's lots of long wait lists and yes. long, because mm-hmm. there's so many other steps. So, definitely daunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And if they hear a friendly voice along the way, yeah. a lot of them really appreciate it. So. Yeah, and I can confirm the Wedgwood Autism Center team is some of the nicest people I've ever <laughs> met, and the center is maybe the funnest place on all of campus. I said, we so. try. <laughs> we we try, try our best. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Well, Kylie and Jen, thank you so much for joining us today to talk about the impactful, important work that you do. It was a pleasure to chat with both of you. Thanks. <laughs> Wedgwood's Autism Center for Child Development is truly a special place. If you would like to learn more about our services, the diagnosis or enrollment process, or about autism spectrum disorders, head to wedgwood.org slash autism center or call 616-965-3492. Links and more information will be available in the episode description. Wedgwood Christian Services is committed to extending God's love and providing exceptional care and support. Head on over to wedgwood.org, that's W-E-D-G-W-O-O-D.org, to learn more about how you can get connected to services, support Wedgwood's mission, or join our team. Connect with us on social media at WedgwoodCS, or send us an email at hello at wedgwood.org. We would love to be a part of your story. Until next time, these are Wedgwood's Coffee Break Conversations.